1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Hans Olsen, Scott Gerard, as we get you ready for uh, BYU and Texas State coming on this uh, weekend as uh, BYU continues on its hope of a undefeated season. Talk a little bit more about Texas State. Joining us now, Drew King, uh, beat writer for Texas State, kind enough to join us from the San Marcos Daily Record. Uh, Drew, how you doing? I'm doing great. How are y'all doing? Uh, we're doing well. So uh, there's a lot of people obviously keeping a close eye on this team and trying to figure out who Texas State is. Uh, let's go back and talk a little bit about this Boston College game, a game that they lost but just barely, 24-21. Uh, talk us through that game, and is that a good indicator of who Texas State is? You know, I think that's an indicator of what Texas State could be at its peak. Um, you know, this is a team that's really battled – through attrition issues this year they've had multiple players go out for targeting penalties they've had a lot of players injured this year they've had a lot of players pulled because of COVID-19 protocols um and but I, I do think that they have the talent to compete with some of these bigger schools um they just have to have the all everything almost go perfect for them to to be able to keep up I guess what give me some details on what did go well against Boston College you know they did have one targeting penalty that um took out their top cornerback Jerron Morris um and they've been really thin at that position all year they um they lost Cambrell Winters the number 2 corner to a torn ACL before the season um and and so they they've just been really really thin at the in the secondary um and then down the stretch boston college kind of found their rhythm on offense especially once jerron morris went out um and so i think texas state had a three and out and boston college uh was able to rally on their last couple of drives to to take the three-point win fifth consecutive road game coming up this weekend is that taking a toll on this team I, I definitely think so. I think they're they're ready to be able to come back and play at home, and and that's been another struggle for them this season. You know, they've they were going in with a a schedule that featured seven home games and games against New Mexico State and Ohio, and that turned into six home games and road games with Boston College and BYU. So the schedule got a lot tougher um, on very short notice. And so I think they're definitely ready to, to get home. And they're, they're really trying to close out the season strong here. I was watching some game film this morning against South Alabama, and I saw number seven, Coleman, get ejected for targeting in the third. So he's out the first half of this game. And how, how good is he for that defense, in your opinion? They were planning on him being one of the anchors for the defense, truthfully. He was out for about the first four games of the season, um, 
came back just in time for the Troy game. So it was really disheartening to see him get that targeting penalty because you know he's been ready and anxious to get back onto the field. But, you know, they were kind of hyping him up as the replacement for Brian London, who broke the school's tackling record just last season. And, and he's been waiting in the wings to have this chance. So he's definitely an important piece. They're definitely going to miss him during the first half of this game. Brady McBride and Tyler Vitt, both quarterbacks that have seen time this year. Has that, uh, has that been injuries that have caused that going back and forth? Uh, what's the story behind those guys both seeing time? And uh, who, who, who do you anticipate being the guy on Saturday? Yeah, it's, it hasn't actually been injuries. It's, it's more just the contact tracing protocols okay. have been sidelining them, and it's never been the same week either. So they, they've always had one or the other. Um, they got both of them in the same game for the first time at Troy. Um, the plan was to, to try and split some time between them, but they were playing on kind of the outskirts of the hurricane. So it, it didn't really work out. They ended up sticking with McBride. Um, and they really liked what they saw out of um, Brady McBride last week. They felt like he showed a lot of maturity on the field. They think he's progressing really well. And I think he's going to end up being the starter for the rest of the season if he can uh, avoid the contact tracing protocol. So I saw that their defense, they go to quite a few different fronts. <clears throat> They've got a lot of different formations that they roll out scheme-wise. In your opinion, Drew, what is the best attribute of this defense? That's a good question. Um, I would say the best attribute is just the way that they fly to the ball. You know, um, there, there's not a lot of big plays that you're going to break off on Texas State. They have solid guys at every single position. Um, and Achilles heel for them has been – occasionally one guy will slip up and that's who ends up getting the ball. You're not going to be able to put up a lot of um, big plays on Texas State. A lot of times the other teams that are scoring, it's on 10, 12, 14 play drives. So I would think that Texas State's best ability is to be able to contain those big plays. And I think um, that's caused some issues. For some other teams. Drew King, uh, Texas State beat writer, kind enough to join us right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. In that community, what are the expectations for this team? What do, uh, uh, is it is it high? Do they expect uh, high things there? Or what's, what's the landscape of college football there in San Marcos? You know, I, I think the main expectation right now is people just want wins at this point. They have yet to make a bowl game. I know that's been their number one goal for this season. And I think the community shares that goal. Um, I think everybody would really love to see this team make it to a bowl game. They just get hamstrung sometimes with the injuries and bad luck. Um, but I, th this community really does have high expectations for this program. So what are your expectations of this team coming into Lavelle Edwards stadium and, and playing a very good BYU team? Yeah, it's going to be a, a tough game for Texas State. They obviously, like you said, they're going to miss Markavian Colvin, Coleman in that first half. They also just lost uh, Roderick Hockley, who I think dislocated his hand 
against South Alabama. So that's another cornerback that they're not going to have. Um, the Jordan Mask missed the last game with a, a hurt ankle. I think he's going to be questionable for this game. So on the defensive side, you're still going to be super, super thin. You're not going to be able to have as much flexibility with the formations like you were talking about earlier. So I think that's going to be a little bit of a struggle. But I think what for Texas State fans are looking for is can the offense get back into a rhythm? Um, that was one of the things that you saw out of Brady McBride as the game wore on because that was, I think, his third straight game that he got to play after missing the two weeks before that. I think if they can find some consistency with the offense, this could be a, a fun game to watch. What uh, what has this team been saying and this coaching staff saying uh, on what they've seen out of BYU and what are their concerns there? You know, obviously it's, it's going to be a, a tough game for them. Uh, they're a big fan of your quarterback. Jake Spavadol is a big um, quarterback guy. He's a quarterback coach for Texas State. So he's a big fan of BYU's quarterback. Um, and then defensively, they know that they're in for a tough test against BYU. Um, so I, I think that they know this is going to be a pretty tough matchup for them. Well, we appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game on Saturday, and uh, hopefully we've got ourselves a good one. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me on. Drew King, beat writer for Texas State, right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network, joining us on the T-Mobile special guest line. Uh, sounds like injuries, contact racing. They've had their, their way with this team this year, but I still don't anticipate, even if they're fully healthy, much of a game on Saturday. No, and excuse me. All. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Here's the thing. A 7-0 and is not slowing down the national coverage. No. Uh, uh, or the uh, lack of competition is not slowing down. Yeah. You know what? I think, and maybe this is a bigger conversation here, I think the amount of attention BYU is getting at being 7-0 and may want to re- may want Tom Holman to rethink how he schedules. Because you were, play- you were at 7-0 and and you have played nobody. I mean, you are playing the dregs of college football. And, again, I'm not blaming BYU. It's the only schedule they can put together. God bless them for doing it. This isn't how they usually want to do things. But if I'm Tom Holmo, I'm thinking to myself right now, like, wait, I've been loading up the schedule. We've been playing Pac-12 teams and SEC teams, and usually about this time of year we're 4-3, and 3-3, three, 2-4, three and 2-4, three, and four, because we've just been playing really, really great football teams, and nobody cares about us. You know, sure, it's great for our, our fan base to be able to go and play in some really fun venues and things like that, but nobody's really talking about us. But now... We're six and or five and zero, about to be six and zero, and about to be seven and zero, and we played nobody. We're playing mm-hmm. a team out of San Marcos, Texas, Louisiana Tech, Un- University of Texas San Antonio, and we're the bell. I mean, we're the the bell of the ball right now. Everybody's talking about us. And if I'm Tom Homo, I'm thinking, well, maybe maybe I should be scheduling a little bit lighter. Which, by the way, if they were playing at Texas State in San Marcos. BYU fans would just pack that they stadium. they pack it up, yeah. They'd pack that stadium, and they'd pack any stadium. The they San Marcos 7th Ward would have that thing they would. blown up. Yep, They absolutely would. They would distribute tickets through Elders Quorum, and out they'd all go. 
for for us for a Saturday event a Saturday event that's just it's the facts it's the case it's what BYU fans do everywhere everywhere I went whether it was Virginia Syracuse Florida Dallas Texas um, Mississippi Alabama we played at Alabama and had Alabama fans squeeze out opposing fans pretty well yeah I will say the the one stadium that I didn't look up and hear some cheers was Alabama. Yeah. Syracuse probably blown lots of BYU. Fans. There were quite a few. Maybe not in the it's, third quarter. They try to squeeze them out of that dome a little bit. Yeah. And uh, I think Syracuse still kind of has kind of a an axe to grind against the, the, the Church of Jesus Christ Latter-day Saints. They did some weird things with dressing up like missionaries and, and mocking the religion. It was It was kind of strange. That place was strange to play there as BYU yeah. players. It was like, these people really don't like us, like, at all. What have we done to you? They don't like us. They definitely don't like our religion. Yeah. So we'll we'll play this and get our butts kicked and leave really quick. Um, But, they, yeah, there were, still, there were still BYU fans in there. They, they'll go anywhere. If, you're, if you schedule two Sun Belt teams – one conference USA team and four Mountain West conference teams, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah. That BYU fans will go to the stadiums you play in and they will come to Lavelle Edwards Stadium 45,000 strong. Yeah. So if I'm getting this kind of pub in a regular, non interrupted season with this. You know, if I could put this schedule together, absolutely. That's how I move forward. Yeah. Because one loss puts me behind the eight ball. Nobody talks about me. Nobody cares. And even ESPN's like, well, what are we going to do with that game coming up next week? Uh, Tom Homo once uh, mentioned something about the fact if he goes, look, if you want 10 wins, I can go schedule 10 wins tomorrow. Go do it. Well, then go do it. I mean, I think if what we've learned from this year is, yeah, go do that. Go do that. Because. Well, think about it this way, Scotty. When you hear of an undefeated boxer, when you hear, oh, this guy is 22-0, and 0, do you stop and look and say, well, who are the 22 he beat? Or do you think, oh, man, that's two undefeated yeah. boxers that are coming into this ring together. You want to see undefeated. ESPN wants undefeated. They want to promote. Think about this. ESPN is going to get their fingers or Fox Sports, whoever, gets that broadcast of BYU-Boise State. They get to sink their fingers in on that game if Boise State can get past Utah State, which I don't think that's a given. I don't think it's a given. We'll see what Jason Shelley can do. But if, if they're undefeated and they get there, oh, they're just going to sink their fingers in. we got two undefeated heavyweight fighters coming. Nobody's going to look back and be like, it was freaking Troy, UTSA, Texas Louisiana State, Tech and Texas Western State. Western Kentucky. And Ken- West and Houston was their best. Yeah. Nobody's going to say it. Yeah. They're just going to be like, these are two under. And that would be 10 and 0, 0. So, look, Tom, I'm getting to the point now. If you're going to do this independence thing, get them undefeated. Yeah. So, when they're there at 12 and 0, you can be like, fine, we'll make our own banner. If you're not going to recognize us, we'll put up our own banner. Yeah, do the Central Florida thing. We're national champions. This is pretty eye-opening. Well, and, and the other element, too, 
you go undefeated with this schedule, and then you'll have some people like, well, they haven't played anybody. And so you'll have all these debates on, you know, whatever ESPN dopey talking head debate show is on. BYU, should they be in? Should they not? Well, they haven't played anybody, but they got Zach Wilson. They're talking about you. Even if they're talking about your schedule, it doesn't matter. They're still talking about you being undefeated. Well, that was Central Florida. That was Central Florida for three years. Exactly. They're not playing anybody. Well, I don't have the schedule in front of me, but I'm, I'm guessing. Yeah, same, yeah. I remember Ball State years ago was undefeated. And they were it was all things all Ball State. Do you remember that? <laughs> when Ball State was undefeated? Ball State was undefeated? I don't remember that. You don't remember when Ball State was undefeated? I, I don't. At, at least they were like 10 and 0. Yeah, wow. Ball, Ball State. Who? I don't know the Cardinals. I think you're thinking of Northern Illinois. They were you mean Louisville? Is there not a ball state? No, there's, there's, a, a, there's a ball state. Oh, okay. I just don't remember. <laughs> I, was like, I just don't remember ball state being undefeated. Yeah, you got to go back a few years. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, Hans and Scotty, 127, uh, right here on the Zone Sports Network. Continue to get you ready for BYU and Texas State. It's up next here on the Zone Sports Network. The Big Show. It's a big deal. With Gordon Monson and Jake Scott. Craig Bowlerjack. What do you think the Jazz offseason priorities would be? Obviously Donovan, number one, and then Rudy, number two, and Jordan Clarkson, 2A. I think you have to keep the bench solid with Jordan Clarkson as a centerpiece that comes off that bench. And then the big discussion, you know, how many beans are going to be in the box? We don't know. And the Jazz actually, with the situation of COVID, no fans in the stands, it's been difficult because of COVID. So that brings me then to the next question is, you pay one player max, then you have another player who is qualified for super. Supermax, and that's where the discussion gets heavy. It's going to be interesting to see how this all turns out. The Big Show, weekdays from 2 to 7 on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. So, by the way, I'm sending out a tweet, and you, and I'm going to read it to you, and you tell me if, if this is a fair question to ask. Should this season have Tom Homo reconsidering BYU's scheduling philosophy? BYU is getting all kinds of publicity and national attention at 5-0 and against inferior competition, as opposed to being fairly irrelevant, going 3-2 and against far more difficult uh, competition. You're asking, should they? Yeah. Are you doing a poll question? I'm not really doing a poll question. I'm just, I'm just asking. Is that a fair question? To I think, ask? It's, yeah, I think it's a great question. Should kick up some, some debate. I, I think you ought to att- attach a poll to it, though. Uh, I, I don't know. Because I'd like to see where BYU fans fall with. I'm on uh, tweet deck. I don't know how to put a poll question on here. But come on, polls are fun. I feel like you're saying polls aren't fun, man. Uh, they're really not fun. Oh, come again? You want to rephrase that? To yes, polls are fun. They're always fun. I don't know how to build a poll on Tweet Deck either. I kid you not. You guys say that. Jake walks right in the studio. Oh, Jake, we're sorry. 
And I'm getting the evil eye right now. I'm sorry, Jake. He's mean mugging me right now. I didn't even do anything. Jake knows. No, you played the drop. I didn't play any drop. What are you talking about? You played the drop. (laughs) Jake knows he's the bell of the ball. Fun. Uh, Yeah, if if you could. uh, Did you send it? I just did, yeah. Could you attach a poll question now? I don't know how to do a poll question on TweetDeck. And I hate the Twitter app. Polls are fun, man. Figure out a way. Figure out a way. Make it happen. <laughs> so we've got an over-under to re- recap here. Yeah, let's do it. You got the uh, box score from last week? I, in fact, have it here in front of my face. Say that again to my face. Yes. All right. So we had uh, Houston with uh should we start with sacks yes uh, d- you, you need me to stall for you a little bit yeah what did we what, what did we start with um we started with houston sacks against byu okay uh we set the line at 1.5 now this is kind of a moot point because all of us took the over on it and i can't remember what the what the sack count was the sack count for byu yes they ended no up for with, houston houston ended up with two sacks all right we all hit the over on that we Very picked nice. the over? Yeah. Oh. All three of us. Okay. Uh, BYU sacks, we set it at 2.5. You took the under. Uh, Lloyd and I took the over. They ended up at three. Three. All right. So Lloyd and I are up plus one. Uh, Clayton Toon, we had passing yards uh, for him at 265. No, excuse me, 275. Uh, you took the over. Lloyd took the over. I took the under. 310. All right. So Lloyd is now plus one. Plus two. Or, oh, plus one against us. Yeah, against yes. us, yeah. Currently in the lead, yep. plus one, yeah. Uh, Marquez Stevenson, 89.5 yards. We all took the over. Ooh, 19. Woo. All right. Lloyd still plus They one. beat up Marquez Stevenson. Yeah. Overall, Houston rushing yards, we set it at 159.5. Uh, you and Lloyd took the under. I took the over. It is 128. All right. So Lloyd's still plus one. On Lloyd is still plus one on you, plus two here uh, against me. Uh, Zach Wilson, completion percentage. We set it at 71.5. He came in at 81 coming into that game. He was 25 of 35. Ooh, that's that's going to be close. You got the math on that? Yeah. I do. It's at 71.4. What did you set it at? I said at 71.5. Hey, so so it's 71.4, 25 at 35? Yeah. 71.714285. So you can't even round it up to 71.5. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's 71. That's 71.4. So who took – so uh, you and uh, you and me took the under. Lloyd took the over on that. So now you and Lloyd are now tied, and I am minus one. All right, Zach Wilson interceptions. We set the number at point five. All three of us took the over. He had the one, right? Had none. Oh, I thought he had one. Nope. Nope. All right. Did not throw a pick. Never mind then. Uh, Algier rushing yards. We set it at ninety-seven point five. We all took the under. He was at 25. Yeesh. 
Uh, BYU total rushing yards, 179.5. Hands and Loy took the under. I took the over. He is under, 78. All right. They, are under, they had 78 yards rushing. So you two are tied. I am minus two pretty much out of this thing. All right, so finally, uh, wow. Well, it doesn't matter. We all took the under. We took Romney receiving yards at 89.5. Obviously, that's all unders on that one. So Lloyd and I tied. Did we have a tiebreaker? We have a tiebreaker. Um, I would love to be in the middle of this, but I can't because of, uh, okay, this is interesting here. Oh, no, it's still going to go to Lloyd. So you uh, <clears throat> you had BYU winning 41-38 to 38 in overtime. Mm-hmm. Lloyd had BYU winning 34-30. to 30. No, no, I changed that, remember, on Friday? Oh, that's right. You did flip yes. it to Houston, didn't yep. you? Yep, I did. Look at a little dose of of honesty coming from Lloyd, allowing hands to get the W. Because I would not have remembered that, Lloyd. I, I'm not even going to lie. I feel like Miss Venezuela a little bit. Like my crown was given to somebody else, and then <clears> – <throat> And then I'm like, oh, yo, sorry, I read that wrong. What's that guy's name? The Family Feud guy? Uh, Whatever. I don't know. I don't remember his name. But for just a minute, I was like, oh, man, I'm walking off the stage thinking I was second best. And then I quickly came back and took the crown off Lloyd's head and threw the banner over my shoulder. Um, well, there you go. We won't do another over-under until Boise State. Yeah. We don't really care about Texas State enough to do an over-under on that. No, because it'd be like, okay, Zach Wilson, over-under, 550 yards passing. Over? Yeah. <laughs> it was just I, – I, Texas State does have more impressive games, but their film is not showing that they're more yeah. impressive. Not as of right now. Some of their defensive numbers are nice, if anybody cares. Does anybody care about their defensive numbers? Sure. We got four more minutes left in this no, segment. That that sounded pressed. Do you, you? I can tell you what their defensive numbers are, if you want to know. And we can talk about movie theater candy some more. Mm. You like nerds? No, I hate nerds. God, nerds made me sick. Well, plus you had that that little container that had the two sides, and you thought it was really cool. Like, you guys didn't look, like nerds. I got green apple on this side and strawberry on the other side, and you'd. Choose. Push that little slot out yeah. and dump them in your hands. Nah, I would just. There's just no substance there. They're just. They're just. I don't know. So their defensive numbers, Scotty. You can look at them here. Uh, total defense, they're 33rd in the country. Rushing defense, they're 52nd to give up 177 yards a game. Passing yards allowed, uh, they're 25th, giving up 210 a game. Scoring defense, they're 26th given up 24.6 points per game uh, so they're right in that you know 25 50 55 mark it's just against not real good competition as well so BYU's gonna stop them they better oh, stop yeah. them yeah this better not be a UTSA score UTSA is better than this I think UTSA would they beat them by like seven yeah, that was the close one. It was a 27-20. But even then, it really never felt like the game was in doubt. I mean, they had that late touchdown. Um, and then, uh, but but overall, I just, it just always felt like BYU was, was going to win that game. 
Yeah, UTSA put 51 points on them. If UTSA is putting 51 points on them, BYU should do that within the first four minutes of the third quarter and then put in their seconds. Yeah. It is a uh, 28-point spread, so I don't know, a four-touchdown, that's, that's, uh, that's a tough one to put money down if you are so inclined to do anything like that, which I don't advise. Well, remember against UTSA, it was a nice spread. and I, It was I just, 30, I think it was 30-something. 30, 30, 34. I, yeah. I, I didn't feel. Well, you and I both said don't touch yeah, that Yeah, I one. didn't feel good about that one. Yeah. Uh, 28 and a half, go ahead and get the money out. Oh, no, no, no. No? I'm just saying we can't, say we can't recommend that. Paydays. Entertainment purposes only. Let me go out of payday. Peanut wrapped caramel. I never liked those either. Mm. You like those? Yeah, I do. I like a payday. What, what's what's the what's the I guess payday's one. What's the other one? A nut bar. Oh, is that just what it's called? Mm. But the that's red, the red package on it. Yep, that's the nut bar. That that has um, more of like a nougat. Yeah. The payday is more of a like a. It's kind of a sugary caramel. It's not even a caramel. It's a sugary caramel. I like both. They're solid. Yeah. Um. By the way, do you see the, uh, you know, that statistic website, the 538.com? They did the, uh, and, and I like this a lot more than um, than some of these other dopey polls where they say, oh, this is the most popular candy in each state. Um, this one actually went through, and they had some good statistical analysis on this, on uh, what the number one Halloween candy is. Do you know what, the, you know what it in, is? In Utah? No, just I remember the what country. they said it was. Oh, across the country, yeah. Halloween candy. Yeah, it's Snickers or Twigs, or um, Reese's, Reese's cup. It's a Reese's cup. Reese's number one. Yes, peanut butter cup. Reese's miniature number two. Um, Twix three, Kit Kat four, Snickers five, Reese's pieces six, Milky Way seven, Reese's stuffed with pieces eight, peanut butter M and M's nine, and Butterfinger number ten. Yeah. Yep. Skittles all the way down at 19. Starburst came in at 13. Rolo, which I didn't even know they still make, comes in at 17. Yeah, Rolos are so quick to melt. Yeah. But very tasty. Halloween coming up, man. I'm ready to hit this Halloween candy. I do like 100 grand. I'm not going to lie. 100 grand, highly underrated. Uh, you know what's interesting that did not make there was Almond Joy or Mars. And I like Almond Joy. I, I like a good Almond Joy. Mars is a toffee? Uh, no, Mars is an Almond Joy without the nut on it. Remember, sometimes you feel like a nut, sometimes you don't. Oh, I thought that was a Mounds. Or, no, you're right. It is Mounds. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I yeah, that's, I you're 100% what, right on that. Sorry. I can't remember what the Mars is. I think the Mars might be a – no, that's a Fifth Avenue. Uh, do you like do you, you get into the, the Halloween candy thing? You, your kids oh, come Oh, I destroy a lot of Halloween candy, yeah. It's a bad time. There was a point where my son had a really severe peanut allergy, Allergy, my youngest. That, that's a good time for a parent. It was a great time for a parent because you still wanted him to experience trick-or-treat. So we had this thing called the uh, the Switch Witch where, where he would uh, take the candy that he got that he couldn't eat, put it on the front porch, and then the next day the Switch Witch would come <laughs> and, and, and switch that out for candy that he could have. Oh. And the Switch Witch really enjoyed all the candy that he got. In fact, I told him the more peanut butter and Reese's Pieces you can get, the more the Switch Witch will like you. <laughs> so if you get offered it, go, always except, go for the peanut butter cups. It. That's funny. 
What's your favorite type of M&M? I like a peanut M&M. It's um, my favorite M&M. It's uh, a peanut M&M. Not peanut butter, M&M. No, it, for me it's peanut butter M&M. Mine's a peanut M&M. The peanut inside. Nobody nobody wants the uh, the little, you know, the tiny M&M with no. nothing in it. Mm-mm. Just the chocolate M&Ms. I want no part of that. No, I don't want any of that. Have you tried the caramel? Yeah, I didn't like it. Didn't like it? Uh-uh. Didn't like it. The caramel's too sugary. Is there such a thing? <laughs> yeah. It's too um, sticks on the back of the tongue. It's too sugary. All right. Fair enough. All right, one final segment next. It's all straight ahead right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We'll get you ready for the big show straight ahead. Nothing else matters, fellas. Every day we go to work. Football is back, and the Zone Sports Network has you covered as the Cougars continue to bulldoze through their schedule and the Utes and Aggies get set for the start of their season. We gotta go faster, faster. Nobody will bring you better coverage of your team than the Zone Sports Network. This is your home of the best college football coverage in Utah. Turn me up all day. 97.5-1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Hey, by the way, big thanks as always to our good friends down here at Tim Daly Infinity. Um, just a great group. Dallas and his crew ready to help you out. Uh, and look, it's end of year. I know a lot of uh, a lot of people like to wait until the end of the year to get their vehicles because of tax reasons. Uh, they're ready to go and help you out in that regard. Uh, if you've ever thought about an Infinity, you owe it to yourself to check it out. We're talking about 0% financing on a lot of these models. They've also got uh, some great end-of-year savings and rebates. They also have uh, a great used inventory, some great lease options as well. Uh, I think this QX60, Dallas was telling me the other day, that, uh, or earlier today, that uh, there's going to be some great lease opportunities on that coming up here very, very soon. So I would highly suggest you come down and check this out, and let's get you taken care of. Zach Wilson might not want to hear this, but this is what I would say. I'd like to see BYU come out this weekend with a major changeup, a major changeup, and just go powerball. Oh, yeah? Just go power football. Push them all over the field. Just work them. And then rotate in your second line. Exhaust them and push them around. Get three, four yards. Then go more power football. And then work a little misdirection off the power football. But the reason I'm saying that, go as vanilla and as opposite as you can. So when you get to Boise State, Boise State's like, all right, the last two weeks, all they've done is, is buffalo people. They've buffaloed them. The punk. Now you go back. You go, <laughs> I want to be able to say buffalo without you saying the dunk. I can't. I want to get to you the point we, in we our can't. friendship. Where I can say Buffalo without you saying Tatanka. Lloyd, if I didn't say it, Lloyd would say it. No, he wouldn't. Uh, Lloyd <laughs> Lloyd has more important things to do than worry about me saying Buffalo. So. Yeah, yeah. I realize there are a few things with this show we just can't get away with. Nope, can't talk about pies. Can't talk about Buffaloes. Yeah, Buffaloes is no go. No. Can't talk about STDs. Nope. I just assumed that was a given. <laughs> well, it's, it's not like it's going to come up in regular conversation. It's like an unwritten anyway. rule, I thought. <laughs> talk on it. We can't talk about STDs today. Well, it's the big topic. Well, we, we got to steer clear. Steer clear. You know, hands and flare-ups. <laughs> don't, don't. 
Let's specify me. Ow. Lloyd's had his issues. He's had his run-ins. Now I know it drops coming. <laughs> that, that was supposed to be an off-air conversation. Uh, if we can make fun of me, then we can make fun of everyone. Yeah. Um, but I, I would it would just be a, a major change-up, a major misdirection change-up. And then they'll be like, wait a second. So they're going all bigs. They're pushing people around. They rushed for 280 yards and four touchdowns. I know that nobody wants to hear that. And BYU fans will be like, wait, why? Put Zach in the pocket and throw it. Throw it, throw it, throw it, throw it. Yards. We want to see play action down the field. You know, you saw some innovation against Houston. Remember, I said you're going to see some funky things from this offense, things that you haven't seen, wrinkles that you didn't see against Troy or Louisiana Tech or, or UTSA. Like, for the next two weeks, go vanilla. It's only things you've you've shown. It's only things that are going to make Boise State stop and think, well, we got to get ready for the power game. Yep. Because when you come out against Boise State, BYU's not going to power game Boise State. They're going to come out. They're going to be innovative again. So just kind of gear up and get yourself ready for that against Texas State. Big thanks again to Tim Daly Infinity. Hans, you and I will have uh, a chance to chat with Eric Weddle coming up tomorrow. You'll hear from him. Our NFL preview show will kick off tomorrow. It's all straight ahead. You're listening to Hans and Scotty right here on 97.5, 1280 The Zone. Big show coming up.